this guy's not bird whistling at all. <laughs> right. Where is I the was, whistle? I was promised bird whistles and, <laughs> and we didn't get it. And now we're upset. This is why everybody's pooping on the movie. This is why 40% on Rotten Tomatoes because no bird whistling. We need more bird whistles. <laughs> What's good, everybody? Welcome to Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me as always, Brooke Grader Dave. Hey, how are we doing, everybody? Well, I know I say it every week, but this is another very special episode of Body Bag. We have another special guest on the show. He has a podcast of his own, and he's a friend from work. I work with this guy. He's a workplace friend. He hosts the Better Employee Podcast. Not a horror podcast or anything, but you know what? Horror movies transcend everything. Everybody can be a fan of horror podcasts or horror movies. And this guy, he has a really good podcast all about workplace environment, how to be better, how to have a better mentality, and throws a little bit of optimism into the workplace environment. You can hear some actual accounts of people from the workplace and their takes on stuff. Honest takes. With us on the show, Scott Espenda. What's up, Scotty? Hey, Chris. How you guys doing? You're good. How you doing, Scott? Good. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. Yeah. Now, I already told you this before, but there is a reason why I wanted you to be on the show. And we didn't do the movie that I was going to have us do, which was Human Centipede. But, well, we'll you know what? We'll save that one for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that that one be, sounded interesting. We'll get to that movie in a little bit. But let's talk about your podcast for a little bit. One that your boy, Chris Thomas, has actually been on a couple times. Yes. Yes. Our number one returning guest. Yes, by popular demand. By popular demand. So I guess, what made you want to do a employee-based podcast? What prompted you to go, hey, let's, let's, because I've, I've compared you to Spongebob and your enthusiasm when it comes to work. You always have a <laughs> smile on your face. I'm, I'm ready. And I am very much a Squidward in that I look at that enthusiasm and I'm like, what the hell is he so happy about? <laughs> so, what made you want to do an employee-based podcast? Well, you know, in life, you have a path, and finding that path is the challenge. And me, I've just found that path, and that is basically who I am, which makes the whole process a lot easier. You know, I'm always about three things. That's the team building, mentor development, and leadership training. Now, you hear that, Dave? Yeah. That's him every day. <laughs> that, that's that optimism every day that I'm talking about, that when I'm, when I'm coming to work, Usually when I'm at when I come to work, it's, nobody is is enthusiastic the second they get to work. Me especially because I'm I'm usually fresh off of working out, so I'm I'm sore and I'm like Ugh, I got a whole nine hours like yeah. ahead of me that I have to worry about, and I'm just much like Ugh, all right. And then I see bright-eyed and bushy-tailed Scotty here <laughs> talking about I'm ready. Talking I'm to, ready. Talking about mentorship, communication, and teamwork. Yeah. Team building. Yeah. mentorship development and leadership training uh, now have you gone and listened to this podcast there dave i've listened to a couple episodes yeah that reminds I'm me really of tommy sure. boy it's oh. not it's not a horror movie but you ever seen tommy boy yeah no <laughs> i make carports for the american people because that's who i am and that's who i care about i sell <laughs> propane and propane <laughs> accessories propane and propane accessories <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So how many guests have you gotten? Because you and me actually started our podcast around the same time, maybe a one or two weeks apart, but we roughly started about the same time. And I'm just curious to know, how is your podcast going? You interview guests, we're interviewing right. guests, and... How are you liking the whole startup of a podcast? It's exciting, ain't it? It's very exciting. Absolutely. It's always uh, fun to start a new project or a venture. And you know what? To be fair, this isn't my first time at the rodeo. Oh, no. Well, no, I should have no. guessed I when I saw that, you. Yeah. I should have guessed when I saw your audio setup and it looked like you were overcompensating with all the awesome gadgets you had. <laughs> and I had my little task ham and microphone. A lot of failed ventures. Okay. Is this one going a little bit better than the previous ones? Yes. Yes. This is um, my, I guess, my second most successful project that I've created other than my book club. Oh, yeah. I okay. You do have a book club too, don't you? Over 300 local members around the area, which is on next door. So it's not like, you know, people from Saudi Arabia or, you know what I mean, from different countries or states. It's all within the state. So I can't join the book club. <laughs> you can definitely join us, but we'd have to just remote it. Does that have a website too? Because I know Better Employee Podcast has its own website. Actually, it's my personal website and it's just linked onto there. Oh, yeah. Because okay. it is Scott Aspenda. Yep. Yeah. ScottAspenda.com. You can see all of my projects that I've worked on, different you know YouTube channels, stuff like that. So at the end of the day, what is your overall, if you could summarize in one or two sentences, what is your overall goal? from this podcast? What is it that the main thing that you want people to take away from tuning in and listening? You know what? That's the great thing. My number one goal is I see it happening. Don't you uh, see everybody starting to break off into their own um, projects, their adventures? They're trying to get adventurous. They're reaching out. You know, we got a couple of people reaching out to do podcasts now. We've got other people looking into bigger things. And that's, that's always the goal, you know, inspiring them to reach out. So you heard it here, everybody. If there was no Scott Espenda, there would be no Body Bag Podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I do got a question for you guys. What's up? Is this your guys' first podcast? Yeah, for me. Uh, yeah. Sweet. First podcast, not the first time I've played around with messing around with audio. Back in the day, I did make a mix CD. Well, I went on a road trip. Uh, with some friends when I was uh, about 19, 20 years old. And I spent the first couple weeks with another friend of mine. And we had a setup and we pretended like we were DJs. We made like three CDs where we'd be like, hey, and welcome to the, welcome to WK, whatever, blah, 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 with your host, me and my friend over here, blah, 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 blah. And we like started talking BS and then, and now coming up, build me up Buttercup by the foundations. And then I would just put that song like in the track. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like it. Nice, yeah. So we, I like it. So when we went on the road trip for a 16 hour drive, you got to hear my glorious voice and the, giving you the smooth sounds of radio. You know, it's funny. I always nice, say yeah. that. It's amazing how fast one thing leads to the next. Yeah. Yeah. It you only know, took, yeah. Fast is a relative word because it took 10 years for me to then do this podcast. <laughs> I, yeah. For me, I mean, this is like my first time at all doing anything like this. I've never so been like this, a public speak, good at public speaking or anything like that. But yeah. Does this get the wheels turning for any of you guys? You know, thinking about, you know, uh, other projects that you'd like to work on. Yeah. Um, we're actually yeah. expanding. Man. Me and yeah. Dave are actually in the process right now of trying to make an anthology book. Nice. We're going to try nice. to do a certain yeah. amount of stories each and then 
make it like sure. a part of a body the body bag book. And I'm also in the talks with somebody right now to help us make a nice logo. So if we ever end up making merch, we could put that logo on stuff. Slap that logo everywhere. Yeah, how exciting. That's what that's the fun yeah. thing that like let's say for all intents and purposes that this becomes like the biggest podcast in the world. Doubtful, but a man can dream. Yeah. This is the instance where you look back on and realize, you know what? I didn't know it at the time, but damn it, those were like great times because I was at the at the very start where everything was right in front of me. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of something I always say, you know, it's our lives will never be better than it is right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No matter how you look at it. That's have you ever seen Pirate Radio? No. No. Uh it was basically about these radio DJs in the 60s and in Britain where rock and roll was outlawed. So they went to the high seas and and uh, broadcasted from overseas pirate radio that would do rock and roll music and whatnot. And later on in the movie, it has Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. And his character says that he's sad. And the person says, why are you sad for? He said, because this I just realized something awful. And that's this is the best years of or this is the best time of my life. And I just realized it. Mm -hmm. And that like yeah. depressed him because it was like, yeah. if you know that this is the best time of your life, then in your mind, you can only go, it's never going to get better than yeah, this. What's, what's stopping us from being great? You know, it doesn't matter how you look at it. No matter what happens in the future, right now will always be the best time of your life because you got your health, you got your youth, you got the people in your lives that are still around. And it doesn't matter, you know? So, you know, with that being said and that being understood, what's stopping us from being great? You know, just like you said, if I could look back and know that was the best time of my life. Hmm. Well, to stop it from making it even better. Right. right. What is holding us back? Is that a rhetorical question or do you actually have our well, answer, Scott? No, right. it, it's a bit of both. It's good to think on. Do we have an answer? Well, Tell us, Probably self-doubt would be me. I'm definitely my own yeah, worst enemy. Exactly. Like, I doubt myself so often. It's not even funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a barrier to be broken. What would you say is your biggest barrier? My biggest barrier right now, I guess it would be, oh, that is a great question. Yeah. yeah. Your boy can have some good questions too. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, so right now, I guess it would be the pandemic getting around because I, I just got a book out. So my goal right now would be to go approach different companies or um, businesses. Are you saying you just but, made a book? Yeah, it just got published. It just got released. Wait, why am I just now hearing about this? You never brought that up. <laughs> well, yeah, so everybody, humble... everybody listening, we have another author here on the show. <laughs> I'm a, I'm Scott a humble guy, Chris. You know, right. <laughs> you kept telling me about all the authors you had, and I didn't want to take any spotlight. So, you know, I just that, that oh, was... it gives us more clout, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just got a book out. And so my biggest barrier right now would be reaching out and networking with these businesses to get my book out to their employees and letting them use the resource of which is the Better Employee Podcast. Is the name of the book also called Better Employee? Um, No, the name of the book is called A Time to Lead and A Time to Follow. And uh -huh. I believe it should be out on Amazon by now. Because they, they said it takes 14 days, but it's 11 bucks. And it is okay. an easy and fun to read short story, you know, because my audience that I'm trying to appeal to, honestly, you know, people don't like to read books, especially the people I'm trying to connect with, you know, that read a book. What are you kidding me? <laughs> but yeah, so I made sure it is an easy and fun to read book. 
And I think we're going to do a lot of good with this. You know what you ought to do? Or hell, maybe I'll even think about doing it. Putting it in audiobook form where you get somebody to actually read it. Mm -hmm. That way, uh, you say a lot of people don't like to... Because we're an we're a audio platform, so a lot of people like to listen. So maybe try to... Or maybe do it yourself. You have a nice, soothing, motivational <laughs> voice. Why I might you... have to get you to do it, Chris. It's a super that... positive voice to start the day right there. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, so you said it's on Amazon for 11 bucks? Yeah. Yep. A time to lead and a time to follow. All right. Because what makes a great leader is being an even better follower, which is so hard to find these days. Everybody just wants to lead, lead, lead. I think that's because yeah. I think that's because a lot of people don't want to humble themselves and follow mm -hmm. in instances where they should. Right. It's like, I know what to do. I know what to do. Don't worry. I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I am a person who very much does not know what they are doing. So. I just kind of wake up and do things. I just I just wake up and let people point me in a direction, and I, I just go that way. <laughs> like the joke. That is hilarious. That is good times. But I'll have to check that out. I wish I'd have known. I would have given it if it was available. I would have read it before the podcast. I would have had more questions to ask you. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Now I'm sure we'll speak again. Oh yeah, we'll have to we'll have to have you back on at some point so we can talk actually talk about the book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know that's the best part about connecting with people is building genuine relationships. Yeah. So is there uh, before we move on to oh well, Dave, do you have any more questions for Scott here? Yeah. Um. I I actually have a background in like restaurant management, mm -hmm. and I'd say one of my big biggest weaknesses when I was in management is uh delegation because I'm much more of a rather do it myself type of guy. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So what kind of tips would you give someone like that to kind of learn how to delegate responsibilities better? Okay. So, you know, first thing is there is a huge difference between management and a high performance employee. And knowing the difference between those two is key. Really, what I try to teach is it's okay if you're not excelling at your job. Just do your best at it. You know, if you're a high performance employee, you don't try to be management because they're completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, be that high performance employee and don't let the stresses and burdens of management weigh you down because, you know, there's so much more than what you're doing at your nine to five. And, you know, you're worth so much more than what somebody could be giving you, what they're allowing you to do at work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So that, that's very important. Delegation. Delegation. Yeah. All mm -hmm. right. Really like that. Speaking of restaurant business, that reminds me of a story. So my first uh, job I worked at 18 years old, I had this boss and he said that uh, the restaurant business is the best place to get experience, especially at a young age, because it teaches you so much about business. Now, is that uh, true in, you know, for you as well? Yeah, I felt like I learned a lot about financial side of things at a really <laughs> early on. Like, I think I was, ended up in management like my first year working in restaurants. I ended up learning a lot about the financial side. Actually, mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that I learned when I was started out in the food industry when I was a teenager was don't screw with the people that mess with your food. <laughs> well, I mean, there's so, a movie for that one, too. Yeah, wait. I, have you seen that movie yet, Scott? Waiting? No. I, I love haven't. that movie. 
I got to see that. I told him uh, when we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, I told him because you brought up that that same exact quote. And I said, well, please watch the movie Waiting because it is exactly how the restaurant industry is. <laughs> yeah. I got to see that. I got to see that. Well, but I would David, say exactly because I at least for the place that I worked, and I'm not going to say where I worked, but the place where I worked, especially the way everybody had their own cliques, yeah. wait, waiters and waitresses act a certain way. You had the. Bus boys yeah, off doing I mean, their yeah, thing. All that. But we never mess with people's food like that. We never I'm went that gonna, far. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but I've seen and heard <laughs> stories. I'll just say that much. So, David, your question interested me. Uh, you know, you spoke about delegation. So I'm curious, yeah. what do you look at yourself as? A high-performance employee or management? I feel like I've always been a high-performance employee that just ends up in management because yeah. I end up outperforming everybody else. So naturally, I get bumped up. Yeah, right. And that that's the transition is uh yeah. is where you get mixed up. Is that what you're saying with the delegation? Yeah, because like if someone isn't doing it like as well as I think they could do it, I end up just mm-hmm. to do it myself, you know. Ah, okay. Yes. You know, you should definitely pick up my book. You know, it's, it's a lot to do with communication and um dealing with the people that you work with. And it's um learning how to communicate. That is the hugest barrier that separates us, you know, especially when it comes to training, because it sounds like a training problem and uh, just understanding and relating with that person that you're trying to teach. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Definitely going to have to check out your book, Lynn. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I feel like I'll ask Dave what the book is about because I have the source. I see the source every single day when I come to work. I got you right there, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, you have all the answers right there, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I had the answers. You want to sell this book, right? You do have the answers. And if you want to figure out what those answers are, you buy that book at Scott Espenda. Everyone go buy it. You will learn everything about anything. Everything. You know, one of my um, main mentors is actually Socrates. And what Socrates always said was, I can't teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. Didn't he say at the end of his life, he said, I realize now I know nothing. Yes. Yeah. You know, he says, I am intelligent because I know that I know nothing. Which I'm sure his followers, when they heard that, was was like, son of a bitch. Then what was I listening to you for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, he wasn't a well-liked man. Socrates is a very interesting person. Very interesting. I've uh, I've always been, talk about Greek philosophers, I've always liked, uh, oh, it's going to bug me now. It's the one who's, (laughs) the one who, no, the one who said everything is flux. Oh, man, it's going to book the crap. It starts with an H. Basically, everything is changing is basically what that was supposed to mean. Everything is constantly in motion and changing. You never step in the same river twice kind of thing. Interesting. That's not Homer, is it? No, it's not Homer. It was, you know what? Why am I sitting here trying to think of it? I have Google right here in my hand. The world at your fingertips. Everything is flux. Heraclitus. That's what his name was. Heraclitus. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up and found it, but I was like, I'm about to pronounce that really wrong. Heraclitus. Yeah. Yes. Heraclitus. Heraclitus. There we go. (laughs) Can't believe I forgot that name. It's such a unique name. Well, there's a lot of Greek philosophers, though, so give you a break on that one. Thank you. So before we move on, Scott, is there any last words 
Any final statements that you want to give to the people listening, whether it be about the book, workplace environment in general, or just any like nice little thing to end out this little segment on? No, no. It's just as long as I'll be around, I'll be around. Don't be afraid to reach out. Um, give it a holler. Where can they find you? Uh, you can uh, check out my website, www.scottespinda.com. Or you can go to one of the uh, social media links and uh, Scott Spinda. Very easy guy to find. Yeah, on tw- uh, Twitter, or Facebook, Insta, and all that? Twitter, Facebook. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Go and check out his book and try to go follow him. So we're about to do what absolutely nobody else is doing right now and give a Halloween Kills review. You heard it right here. Nobody is doing Halloween Kills reviews. Don't go on YouTube or anything like that. Nobody's talking about it right now. We here at the Body Bag Podcast are the first and only people that are talking about Halloween Kills right now. <laughs> Even first, I'm excited. But this, there is a spoiler warning. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it to be spoiled. Get out of here. Leave and then come back and listen to us afterwards. And then spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. And subscribe while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> so stars on the apples too that help us. <laughs> so, unlike the other reviews that we do, where I just give a quick synopsis, we're gonna go through this movie bit by bit and talk about it. As I'm fresh right off this movie, like I said, 15 minutes ago I finished it up, or 15 minutes before this recording, so it's still fresh. I haven't seen any other reviews. I mean, there aren't any reviews, so I, how could I have seen any reviews? Yeah, what reviews are you talking about, Chris? I don't, I don't know. I'm just ran. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started. This is a second part. If you haven't seen the last Halloween, it ended with Lori and her daughter setting a trap for Michael at their old house and setting the house on fire. So this movie starts off with a kid coming across a dying cop bleeding out on the ground. Well, first he tries to call his friend who died in the first movie. Yes, because this guy is a boyfriend of the new main girl, Allison. Can't get a hold of the guy. Because he's on a fence. Because he's on a fence and comes across a dying cop who's bleeding out. Cop jump scares the kid right into a flashback of Halloween night in 1978. After the events of the... Is it supposed to be after the events of the first movie where this flashback takes place? Yes, because this trilogy completely disregards Halloween 2. And we basically see the aftermath of the events of Halloween 1, along with a bumbling cop accidentally shooting his partner in the throat and then refusing to shoot Michael, even though Michael's at point-blank range. Michael walks out and gets caught by the police, and we see a... Now, I don't know if this was prosthetics or CGI, but Loomis uh, makes an appearance. Uh, It was uh, prosthetics. They had a different actor playing him. Very nice. Very good prosthetic. Yeah, really good. And we basically see Michael get arrested. Cut back to present day. We see two things going on at the same time. We see a bar full of patrons having a talent show and toasting to the survivors and victims of Michael Myers killing spree from 40 years ago. Because this is Halloween night. And on the other side of the town, Michael... All the firefighters going to the lawyer's house. And Michael escapes... And just kills all of the firefighters. Brutally murders all of them. Now, first thing I want to say is I love the fact that they brought back Tommy Doyle. Yes. And I love the fact that they got Anthony Michael Hall to play him. I kind of was hoping they would have got Paul Rudd to play him. Well, Paul Rudd still has that too much of a youthful look. And everybody, they wanted to make sure that everybody looked aged in this. And Paul Rudd doesn't age. Yeah, but I mean, he 
still grew 20 years just because it doesn't look like it. I don't know why I thought this was funny. The fact that they're at this bar and a bar is putting on a talent show. And we see this couple sitting in front of another group and telling the people behind them to be quiet. Like, dude, you're at a bar and this <laughs> oh is a talent show. Yeah. These people are celebrating. What do you this? I thought that those two were going to play a bigger role. But no, they're they're cannon fodder later. For so, my yeah. <laughs> I'm curious how much of us wanted to hear the bird whistles oh when they said oh he was that he was the uh, the biggest bird whistler <laughs> yeah it's so funny because when he when he's like oh and this is the biggest bird whistler and then i, I was like <laughs> it took me a minute to realize that was anthony michael hall and then he started talking i was like this guy's not bird whistling at all <laughs> right where are the I was, whistles i was promised bird whistles and, and we didn't get it and now we're upset. This is why everybody's pooping on the movie. This is why 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, because no bird whistling. We need more bird whistles. But I like but I liked Anthony Michael Hall as as Tommy Doyle. I thought he I thought he played it intense enough. Yeah, he did a really good job with it. Anthony Michael Hall has a lasting pass with me in anything he's in because I loved him so much in the dead zone. Okay, yeah. Have you seen that, Scott? Oh yes. I do remember that. That was good. That was on USA, wasn't it? That was on USA. Yeah. That, that used to be that my a... one of my favorite shows back in the day. Yeah. All right. So like I said, all this is occurring and Michael is killing a bunch of firemen. Then he goes to the next door neighbor, uh, two elderly couple, and kills them very brutally. That was that was a very brutal way to just kill two. That was people. one of my favorite lines of the movie. Sharice. There's a big fella in the bathroom. He wasn't lying. No, he was not lying. There was a big fella in the bath in the bathroom. Was it the bathroom? He said. Yeah. I just, I just, I just love these old people playing with like 21st century gadgets. She's playing right. with a little drone thing. That was good. The but wallpaper. They, oh my gosh, you guys, the wallpaper. What? Did I, anybody notice that? I didn't notice no. this wallpaper. What? Tell no. me about this wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. I guess it's had its charm, but it was this green. It looked like Christmas wrapping paper. <laughs> well, I, I, maybe it only bugged me. <laughs> I'll have to relook that. I wasn't even paying attention to right. the wallpaper. I mean, it did give the vintage look. I mean, you know, like yeah. you said, it was trying to make it look aged. But then they got this drone flying around. <laughs> Just... <laughs> what is going on? Grandma and granddad like to keep up with, you know, the times. Right. <laughs> All we're missing was the plastic on the furniture. So I would have freaked out if there was plastic on the furniture because I'm like, oh, that. Before it seems like yeah. I'm, I'm, before it seems like I'm bashing, I just want to go on record saying I love this movie. It was great. Yes. Uh, uh we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Yeah, but I definitely <laughs> like the kills of the scene, like towards the end of the scene when Michael has a guy on the table and it's just uh -huh. grabbing different knives. I'm like, oh, this. This motherfucker's testing out the knife. See which one he wants to go and kill him. That's, that's what I was saying. I was like, I like the idea of Michael testing out the knives on this body. And then he yeah. like, just... I was the poor lady scene. just sitting there watching it as she's dying. That was actually what one of my great scene. favorite yeah. scenes is that he's testing out the different knives. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. And you know what that did? That really showed his mental illness, his psychoness. You know, his psycho. Yeah. he's a psychopath. And that really displayed that, you know, the good He's a insight. predator, yeah. Uh-huh. People think, you know, don't talk. And he's mentally unstable. He's dumb. He's not a dumb guy. Yeah. He's just a psychopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is he a dumb guy, though? Because they, well, they kept saying, well, he has the mind of a four-year-old and the personality of a wild animal. Well, I say he has, like, the morals of a kid. Because when you're a kid, you know, like, four years old, you don't really understand death and killing and mm -hmm. right and wrong, you know. 
So while all this is going on, the bar patrons eventually find out that Michael's on the loose. Tommy Doyle starts rallying the town as more bodies pile up, basically creating a mob within the town to go and fight Michael, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. Yeah. I like the idea of now the town arming themselves. It would be like, everybody, let's get together. We're going to go fight Jason Voorhees. But, you know, it's all, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that you think, okay, why haven't people, do, why don't people do this more? Everybody and get in together. In a small ar- town, you could do that. because Everybody arm themselves and let's hunt down this dude. Evil dies yeah. tonight, as he was yelling. Actually, yeah. I just read a book called good neighbors and it was about mob mentality and basically that's that's what happened yeah but yeah that's a real thing that's i mean that's the only thing i kept thinking about i was like man look how easily the second that you get a mob whipped up how out of hand it can get and how Mm -hmm. like this person who's leading it can make them do stuff that they usually wouldn't yeah like when they thought michael myers was in the car it was actually just the other escapee yeah he was trying to try to get somewhere yeah i felt bad for that guy which one the other escapee that was oh yeah he, yeah, he, he comes up in a minute. I will say this. So the bar patrons leave and they're starting to search for Michael. At this point, when the town arms themselves, it starts to become a comedy at some point because one group of people in a car, they go and drive and they come across a bunch of kids. Oh, the kids in the kids. park. Yeah kids oh my god the kids it's my turn to talk about the kids in this i you know i don't think i've seen halloween 3 but weren't those masks very similar to the ones from halloween 3 that the kids were wearing uh the halloween well halloween 3 the silver shamrock masks were very like plain and and well it's funny because they they were like the hottest selling masks but they were very plain in the way they looked i i, I didn't but even wasn't think... it like a witch skull and jack-o'-lantern mask yeah that was probably a little shout out yeah then okay and the kids of course you know the town of haddonfield is raising a bunch of little shits in my opinion because all of these <laughs> kids, kids suck all of the kids are either annoying bullies or being bullied like none of the kids were likable absolutely maybe no yeah zero of the kids and apparently all of the kids are free to just wander around the town even when there's a killer on the loose <laughs> i found that very funny you know the cop pulls up what do you guys kids gotta go home why some people been murdered down the street and he drives off doesn't escort him home just hey man kids you might want to look out there's some killers out here i'm out of here maybe get in my car you know i'm gonna take you to safety (laughs) nope (laughs) this is the hard streets of haddonfield but 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 when that happened that that scene took place in the 78 yeah that's why i thought different time that's why i was thinking it was funny a movie filmed in 20 i'm guessing it was filmed in 2020 filmed in 2020 2020 bullies acting like 70s bullies which are a lot like 2020 bullies <laughs> i think it's amazing how well they blended the time you know it, it felt like i was watching an old halloween movie it did it did have yeah. a uh, it did have a kind of like old feel to it when they did the flashbacks yeah like the, the colors were the colors were a little muted and a little bit flat mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it did feel like 1978's halloween in the flashbacks casting was amazing Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, my favorite is still probably Tommy Doyle. I like Anthony Michael Hall. So at one point at the hospital, Lori wakes up from her injuries that she got from the last movie. And Tommy has officially turned everybody in the hospital into a full-fledged mob. Who, at one point, just start chasing after a guy, one of the prison escapees, who 
still wearing his prison inmate uniform. And Tommy Doyle said, hey, look, it's Michael Myers. Because I guess they forgot that Michael was a tall, built guy wearing a mask and a utilities yeah. outfit and not a short, <laughs> stocky guy. I really love this scene, though, like kind of how it tells that story, like through fear, they became the thing that they hated. They that, became yeah. a monster. That mm -hmm. that was one of my gripes about the movie, really? because because I hate it when a movie hits you over the head with the message that they're trying to tell you. Like, I get what it is. Like, it's a mom mentality. They're turning into monsters, but they they chase this guy up to the top of the hospital building and then they're about to like kill the guy and then he ends up jumping and killing himself. And one of the mob members at the bottom when the people are surrounding the body goes, he's turning us all into monsters. And I was like, yeah, we get it. We get it. I, I don't know. That's a personal thing for me when movies like spell out the moral of the story for you. And I'm like, I got where the moral of the story was. It just, yeah. Plus again, Michael is like two feet taller than that dude. Right, super so built, like, and I'm like, how? What do you mean? As if Michael Myers would be dumb enough to take off his mask. Because later on, Tommy Doyle is even is like when he was trying to justify the guy dying, yeah. he said, "Oh man, he, you know, he's wearing a mask. He could, it could be him. He, we, you know, how are we supposed to know? How are we supposed to know? It's like, well, if you, like, how are you oh. supposed to know? Then why were you chasing the guy? Right. And I get it's supposed to be mob mentality, but I'm like, it would honestly. The dude, it would be like confusing Michael Myers for Danny DeVito. The guy is like super short and stocky. Yeah, he's like hunched over too, like when he was moving. Hunched over. And so that, I don't know, that bugged me. Yeah. But anyway, um, the guy dies. While all this is going on, Lori's daughter has gone off with a few other people to look for, Mile, uh, for Michael, despite Lori telling her to stay put. Yeah. And they figured that Michael is returning to his old home, which... It's weird that this town knows so much about Michael Myers and the history, but none of them. Only three people think maybe he's going to his old home. Michael has only ever gone to like his old home in in, in these movies, unless he's being controlled by the Thorn Cult. But that's yeah. not in this continuity. Michael, he goes, oh, home. he goes home. How is it that we're looking around everywhere but his old house? And in his house, now live the probably the best characters in this movie. Oh, I love these two. Big John and Little John. Big John and Little John. And Me the, too. I really enjoyed them. The, they were uh, hilarious, dude. I saw a sitcom in the making with these two. Yeah. Little John and Big John. We don't know their names. They just call each other Big John and Little John. Yeah. And they're a gay couple. And one of them likes to dance in his underwear and his robe listening to loungy what? Halloween music. What was that uh, amazing Halloween song? Stop. It's, it's Look, Halloween. Listen, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. It was it was kind of nice. Yeah. It was kind of nice. <laughs> I was kind of. It was like, good. It was yeah. good. And he had the moves. He had the moves. And yeah. his and his boyfriend, uh, Big John, or was his no his boyfriend was Little John. Was Little John, yeah. His boyfriend Little John, who is wearing a pirate outfit. It's Halloween. I mean, I love that he only went halfway with the pirate outfit and just he he just has like the ruffled shirt and whatnot, but he didn't put on like the hook or scars and everything. He just I think he happened I think he just happened to have that outfit in all yeah. honesty. He just kinda put it together last week like, oh I got a costume right here. But those two Tommy Doyle's a close second, but Big John and Lil John were my favorite two people. Yeah, they were great. But unfortunately, I knew it the second that they got like, I like these characters. They're most certainly going to die. Yeah. But I also <laughs> like how uh, Michael posed them and like the same as like the, like their honeymoon picture. That was very sweet. 
That yeah. was so who said, you know what? Michael is actually a hopeless romantic at heart. Right. That was a very sweet. He just wants to be loved. He he saw that those two loved each other. And he's like, you yeah. know what? I, I I stabbed that old elderly couple and just left them like all bloody over at the house. I'm going to lay these two pose with their honeymoon picture. Right. Yeah, that's something I was a bit confused on because I'm yeah. not too <laughs> familiar with the previous. I mean, I don't remember them too well. But did Michael always play with his bodies like that? I don't remember him doing uh, so. In the first one, I think uh, he uh, like posed like, what is it? one of Lois' friends on a bed he, he did with a gravestone of like their older sister and he did oh, yeah. and he did stab yeah. that one guy to the wall and like left him up on the wall yeah interesting yeah i noticed he played with a lot of the corpses in this movie again taking a note from leslie verne and he's, he gets his cardio in he does things fast yeah yeah so they're at his old house the daughter who is is it allison it, it's uh Lori's granddaughter Allison. Lori's granddaughter. Her daughter yeah. is Karen. Lori's yeah. daughter's Karen, uh, which is such an unfortunate name to give somebody at this day and age. Right. So, and then she's there with her boyfriend and his Lonnie dad and, and Lonnie. Lonnie and I believe the other guy's name is Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. So Lonnie, Lonnie goes in. Yeah. Leaves them in the car. He's like, you guys need to stay here. He gets off immediately. Yeah. You hear gunshot. And they both run in and they're searching. And then it's uh, Cameron gets attacked first. And then Allison kind of helps out it took michael forever to break that dude's neck he toyed with him like he could have broke it he broke his neck like eight times and the guy <laughs> right. was still alive yeah and then he's walking down the stairs just completely snaps it meanwhile allison is just being very useless uh, just she she immediately got thrown down the stairs and hurt her leg and well, tries- i like the part where when you know Cameron was getting fucked up she tried to pull the attention on her <laughs> but did, did, michael wasn't happy michael no. wasn't having it even even as he was walking down the stairs i was like michael i can hear the guy breathing you need to take care of that man yeah. <laughs> he just <laughs> breaks the dude's neck because she i think she like broke her ankle when she went down the stairs it was something her leg yeah. her ankle or something yeah so michael after taking a couple stabbing well did she end up getting some stabs in she yeah she probably- at the very beginning like she uh yeah, she stabbed him like four or five times. But Michael is pure evil and creatine. He just takes it and throws her down <laughs> think, the stairs. Yeah, I think he started back first and then kind of regained his focus and chucked her down the stairs like then, a bag of bones. Out of nowhere, Karen comes in with a pitchfork and stabs him in the back, which is a very weird sentence to say. Yeah, Michael Myers big weakness pitchfork i like how they utilize that pitchfork you know you, you notice that they made it easy for the returning watchers and also the new ones <clears throat> they made yeah. the house recognizable by making sure that they knew that their house was the one with the pitchfork yeah. as he dinged it with the kids mm-hmm. so yeah. because you know as i was watching that's how i knew it was the same house it was the one with the pitchfork and i, I kind of i thought that was neat how they how that blended in dude you're noticing like yeah. wallpaper and pitchforks man i, I didn't even see that i just love that she <laughs> curbed some the fuck out of them so, she eventually gets a hold of michael's mask and then he gives chase and she eventually leads him to an ambush by the rest of the townspeople who proceed to beat the shit out of michael with not guns even though they have them and if they do that's two by fours that's two by fours <laughs> clubs and, uh, and if they do try to shoot him they miss. try to they either miss or try to go up until they're like one foot away and then michael gets the jump on him and slight yeah you know when they were beating him up there was something so unsatisfying about seeing michael get like just gang beat up i want to know what was up with the lady with the iron 
everyone brought useful shit, and then there's this lady with an iron. Like, what are you gonna do with that? You know what this? Oh, mo- you know what that? Uh, <laughs> that scene was missing as they were beating them up. What? That song from Office Space when they were beating up on that printer. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so, it's die, motherfucker, die, yeah. motherfucker, still. <laughs> that movie would have immediately gotten tens all across the board if they if they had done that. Right. And then it all goes wrong. It's funny because as he was getting beat up, I was in my mind, I was thinking, you know, what if this all of a sudden just turned into a John Wick movie and Michael just takes out like a group of these people just by himself, even though they outnumber him like 20 people to one. What if he just turned into John Wick all of a sudden and just which congratulations and then, and then it just wish. and then it just did. And he took out everybody. Good job, Tommy Doyle. You got the entire town killed. Good job. Good guy, Tommy Doyle. Evil <laughs> dies tonight. Sean Hanfield <laughs> died tonight. And the very last thing that happens is, is it uh, Karen is standing in, in uh, his sister's room. His, uh, watching yeah. out the window. Yeah. And Michael comes up, stabs her to death as in another scene far away, Lori Strode is looking out of her hospital room, unaware of what just happened. That her daughter just died. And that is Halloween Kills. Now, this is the reason why I wanted to have a 30-point scale when it comes to rating this movie. So I wanted to try a new scale in terms of rating, which I was inspired by the comedian, late, great Patrice O'Neill, that he used to rate like attractiveness in women uh, 1 to 10, 11 to 20, 21 to 30. So in this case, 1 to 10 are bad movies 11 to 12 uh 11 to 20 is okay movies and 21 to 30 is good movies so like i was saying earlier a nine would be a very good bad movie which is like an asylum movie like oh this movie is objectively bad but i love watching it i can't stop watching it it's so bad that it's that good uh, so it's it, basically a scale from one to 30 it's yeah. a scale from one to 30 low medium high and the reason i and and I used the lighthouse and as an analogy earlier where I was like, you know, I didn't much like the lighthouse, but I am aware that it is a good filmed, a well acted movie. So it'll be a 22 for me. Boring to me, but I acknowledge that it was OK and that it was good. So we'll try this scale. Starting with you, Dave, what would you rate this movie? Well, I mean, you got to look at it from different viewpoints. It's an incomplete story right now. It's only the second of the trilogy. And that's why the ending is kind of like fuzzy. Is it confirmed to be a trilogy? Yes, uh, Halloween Ends comes out October 14th, 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe they're already working on production, so... It being an incomplete story, kind of... So I'm not going to put the ending too much into it. I enjoyed Michael Myers. I really did like uh, Allison as a character. I enjoyed her acting. I could have probably used a little bit more Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. Well, see, I'll I, give it, yeah. I, I guarantee you she's probably going to be a bigger, the biggest part in the third one just because she has to avenge her daughter yeah well i honestly think they're gonna kind of do like a passing the torch thing to uh andy whatever her name is kind of be the new face of the franchise because they uh jamie lee yeah jamie lee can't do too many more halloween movies yeah. if they want to keep the franchise going take a five-year break they'll bring her back instead of jamie lee curtis but uh i'm gonna give this a 22 22 yeah so 22 would be a pretty kind of like an average good, very good movie. 
It's an enjoyable movie, and uh, I'd say it's my second favorite in the franchise. So, what about you, yeah. there, Scott? You know, I think you know I'm an optimistic guy. At thirty, thirties right? across the board. Thirties across the board. <laughs> are you joking? Or are you serious? <laughs> Absolutely serious. I liked it. Well, I'm the bad guy in this one because I, I'm not giving it a low, but as a slasher movie. Uh, there were a lot of things I like, so I'm giving this an 18, which is a really, really good average horror movie. Which it's it's a uh, it's your typical like horror like not in terms of nothing super special about it, but in terms of like a horror movie, and in terms that it's another ongoing movie in a franchise, like it's another Halloween movie. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. it was but it was a really, really good and a really fun average movie i agree one of those movies you can just continue to make popcorn and put on on a halloween night really good yeah and that's why i wanted to do the scale because now if i'd have said like a 14 a 14 would have been a meh average movie just kind of like a meh whatever take it or leave it kind of movie but this it was a typical slasher but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of a lot of the kills were pretty good. I liked mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Hall. That gay couple were just yeah. fantastic. Stop. Look, it's I mean, I'm still kind of confused by the skill because you're like, it's really good average, which are two opposite things. Meaning meaning that like that's why I'm me, confused. Like average me, is average and then good is good. Average to average to can't me. be good average is it can be. It very well redundant. If, that's two different because I can acknowledge that again, the Citizen Kane thing. I can say that Citizen Kane to me could be a twenty-two, meaning it has to at least rank in the good scale. It's not a bad movie, and it's better than an average movie. But to me, it's boring. So I know enough to put it in a good rating, in a good standing. But I wouldn't but put a me, boring movie in a good rating because it's this a is, boring this is, movie. Yeah. Actually, you know the best way to put this. The best way to do it is this: you have to think objectively and then personally so objectively determines whether or not it's going to be in the 1 to 10 10 to 20 20 to 30 that's objective that's like something that is objectively this is a good movie you know uh like you're uh like the thing the thing is objectively a objectively good movie. bad the thing yeah terrible movie i thought you liked the thing no john carpenter's the thing terrible movie I don't know. I don't know. I, I I mean, I don't even know if I can talk to you anymore with you saying some stuff like that. that... I, that's in our intro, I'm pretty sure. We're like, yeah, that's a terrible movie when you said it was your favorite. So thinking proactively about the scale here, yeah, it would be a good idea to get something like a graph that the viewers can grasp. A good example would be I watch a lot of uh, car reviews. I love cars. Mm-hmm. And there's this one guy called Doug DeMuro. And he has this thing called the Doug score. And what he does is he rates the cars that he reviews. And I mean, if you would like a good example, that's a good one. And you can check it out on YouTube. And I okay. think this would be a perfect example to um, use on your guys' scale. Kind of put a graph, um, a picture, an image of what you're judging for your guys' scoring. I think that would help a lot yeah. of viewers and listeners. Our, uh, well, I don't know how many viewers that we're going to have after this, after Dave just blasphemed <laughs> on the thing here. I don't know how many viewers we're going to have after this episode, but, oh, yeah. but I just thought it was a bad movie. <laughs> so, so I'd probably give it like a, maybe a nine. Which, which on my scale would mean so bad that it's good. 
That makes no sense. <laughs> like, I'm just going to do one through 30. How much do I enjoy it? Fine. You can do it that <laughs> yeah. way. Fine. Because you're but, doing like all this extra stuff. It makes it just like a little bit more confusing. It's not confusing at all. It makes 100% sense. It's so bad. It's good. The, you know what I really like want to know? Probably like 17, 18 range. I really want to know what was the title of that song that they were dancing to. Stop, look, and listen. It's Google. So we have just enough time real quick to talk about the kills of the movie. So I'll, I'll get it kicked off as to what my favorite one was. And it was probably the funniest one. The doctor lady who Michael kicked the uh, door and she ended up shooting herself in the face. That was what I was going to go with too. <laughs> because that's about the time where I said this movie's just started turning into a full on comedy where the, the old woman shot out all of the windows in the car she was in and then goes and tries to lock the door. And then, <laughs> and then the other woman comes, shoots everything but Michael Myers and then Michael kicks the door and it hits her hand and she shoots herself in the face. Gotta love it. Right. So, so you so, and me both have that. So what about you, Scott? Yeah. No, that was amazing. That was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> was that, is, no, is, uh, do you have a different kill that you thought was pretty good? Your oh, no. Kill? Yeah. Um, you know, you covered him. No, it's just your particular favorite. Yeah. No, can't say I have a particular favorite. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's fine. That's completely fine. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's a really good movie. But I still enjoyed it. Again, you know, to me, yeah. a very good average movie. It's Even a if good that, Halloween movie. It might, might, might not make sense to Dave, but you guys know what I'm talking about. No, no they don't. <laughs> my my scale makes sense. It <laughs> doesn't, dude. You guys are hilarious. You're making a scale way too complicated. How much did you enjoy it? But that's Halloween Kills, and that about wraps it up for the Body Bag Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this different way that we went through the movie. Instead of doing the brief yeah. synopsis, we just go through the movie from now on. And Yeah, this is a lot of fun. This is a better way to do it, I think, so we yeah. can touch on everything in the movie. And it doesn't sound like we're jumping around as much. Exactly. And thanks again, Scott, for coming on. We oh, appreciate you, you for having me. Yeah. Oh, and, thank you. And Dave, you want to tell them where they can find us? Yes, uh, so you can find us at... Uh, Body Bag Pod on Twitter and Body Bag Podcast on Instagram. And make sure if you're listening on Apple to leave us five star rating because it actually helps the algorithm and helps us get discovered by more people. And I do believe next week we have another special guest. Yes, we are. Uh, we're, we're going overseas. Well, we've gone international. Yeah, from Ireland, author Jamie Stewart. And we are going to be watching Shaun of the Dead. Now, I think we can all agree Shaun of the Dead's a good movie. Yes. We might differ on the whole thing thing, but Shaun of the Dead's a good movie. It's a great movie. So be sure to listen to us next week and also be on the listen because we are planning a future contest where we'll be giving away some of the books of the authors that we have recently interviewed. Signed autographed copies. Yeah. So that's some treats for the future. But until then, enjoy what is left of the October season before they start blasting us with Christmas music. I'm Chris Thomas. Broker Dave, you guys have a good week. Peace.